Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. And this is Ask the Libertarian. Charles Braden, Dusty Baker, John Holgate is uh, absent today once again. Hello, Charles. Hello. How you doing? I'm just perfect and getting better. No, I can't say that. That's a trite phrase that my father uses all the time to deflect the fact that he feels like hell. Oh. Anyhow, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful Tuesday here on the uh, West Coast. It's still Tuesday here as well. We're not that far ahead of you. Well, give, give us a couple hours and we'll be in Wednesday and you'll still be dragging your toes on Tuesday wondering what hit you. Okay. So, so here we are, today, sir. Our, our topics today, uh, we actually have topics instead of some idle chatter, is uh, we're going to explore the, uh, the Civil War in, as to whether war was actually appropriate, um, assuming that slavery was the, uh, the reason for the Civil War. And, and just, just to give you a quick history, I'm sorry. Pardon me? I'm sorry, I was talking over you. I apologize. Oh, that's okay. I've had my mouth stepped on by by better people than you. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, just, just, just get straight to the meat here, you know? The views expressed are ours, and if anybody disagrees with it, tough shit. How's that? That's, I like it. Okay, all right. And you're welcome to uh, to comment. I believe that uh, – is there a um, an email address on the on the website for comments? There's not an email, but people can join us on the Facebook. And I'm going to suggest we use the tag um, AAL. Okay. So I'll start. We really haven't started promoting that, but uh, I guess we'll need to. Yeah, okay. It'd be nice to have it. and That way, if someone has something to say, we can ignore them just as well as anybody else. Or we will certainly embrace their opinions, which is what I, what I prefer to do rather than be just a smartass. I think there's a lot to be said, and uh, and I, I can't say it all, and I know Mr. Braden can't say it all, so it's up to you, the listener, to uh, help embellish uh, our, our opinions. Agreed. So, sir, just so you know, the background of this question does come to us, uh, not from a from a, a viewer or listener or whatever, but uh, from somebody who asked me, and we've talked many times about about the moral qualities resolving around war. And so this is one particular example that I thought we could uh, dissect. We have a couple others we can look at as well. So the Civil War and slavery, sir, how would we apply that moral code to that situation? Um, Well, first of all, I really and strongly believe that the question itself needs to be defined. Now, the the question was asked, assuming that slavery were the issue. Now, I believe that when you distill it all down, it's states' rights 
that was the main issue. And slavery was just the catalyst because uh, the, the, the South wanted slavery. The North did not. Uh, the North so, saw slavery as being a major liability. And I'm uh, glad you South, said that. And the South uh, was, was really afraid that if they were to remove the element of slavery, that they would lose a lot of their income. So at that point, it became states' rights, and slavery was just secondary to the whole thing, although it is an important facet of it. So if we're going to talk about specifically uh, the slavery issue as being the reason for the war, then we have an entirely uh, new uh, can of worms to talk about other than just states' rights. So is it states' rights? Was it justified to save states' rights? Um, what do you think? What do I think? Oh, you're going to put the shoe on my foot, huh? Okay, that's fair. Um, How about you? I, I, I struggle with the concept of initiation of force. Um, however, um, I, I struggle even more with uh, people abusing others, uh, especially on a statewide level. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, somebody who smacks their neighbor. Um, and I think it's been well shown that if I kidnap my neighbor, and this has happened a couple of times, even in very recent history, if I kidnap my neighbor and I lock that person in the closet and abuse them or whatever, uh, that another power has the moral rights to come and liberate that person. And that usually takes the form of police busting down your door and whatever. And so can we apply that to the more macro realm of states if if the state of Florida happens to have uh, slavery, which is specifically defined as, in that case, of capturing people and enslaving them, quite literally, uh, then would Georgia or Alabama or the other states have the right to come in? And I, I don't know if they even have the right as much as the duty, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But that that is an ugly slope because there are certainly – and, and, I, and I, I put, put this question specifically because we can look around the world and we can say, well, this happens in Somalia right now, today. Mm-hmm. There are people being enslaved who have been captured from one village, taken to another village, raped and abused and beaten and caused to work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Is it our responsibility to go to them and, and stop that shit in, in Somalia? And it's a, it's a much thornier question. That's when so, it gets to be a bigger question because who makes us the policemen of the world? Yeah, who makes exactly. the policemen of the world? Well, right. I mean, there's, there's, and, but are we really the policemen of the world? We're not stopping. We're not stopping jaywalking. If there's international jaywalking and it uh, ended up as a, a loss of life, then certainly I think that uh, uh, then then we'd be able to look at it from a different point of view. But no, we're not going to stop jaywalking in Ethiopia. But you know we're talking about major abuses, right? And 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 I I do slavery and genocidal level abuses. I'm not talking about uh, political prisoners and stuff. So there's it's a weird slippery slope, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to uh, grapple with this question today. Um, you know, is is at what point does uh, the abuses from one power justify another power uh, initiating force? Because, you know, we hold it that you don't have the right to initiate force. But 
I'm not sure that's a – it's a good rule of thumb for everyday life. You know, if I'm mad at somebody who cut me off in traffic, I don't have the right to ram his car with mine and get out and beat the hell out of him with a tire iron, even if I want to, because he really didn't hurt me. Certainly not. But there, you can't prove injury. If you can prove injury, then you have uh, have the right to uh, to defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. But I'm I don't I don't really subscribe to the whole theory of the brotherhood of mankind and that sort of thing. But there is a point where you don't have to wait for somebody else to injure you before you you could act. You know, if somebody's pointing a gun at you and you have a weapon, it's okay to shoot first, in my opinion. You don't have to wait. Sure. Um, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to absorb that first blow. And so in my the sort of way I look at it is sort of a, a human insurance policy is that, is that if somebody's enslaving somebody else, that other person has already been proved to be unable to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's some part of me that says it's in my own personal self-defense best interest that all of us protect those who are unable to protect themselves. Okay. Um, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I, I have to, as, as a uh, personal defense instructor, I have to look at the use of deadly force as uh, being uh, appropriate if there is the eminent use of force which could kill or seriously injure or maim. Um, in other words, if you are for fear, fear of your life, right. then, then you may, and there has to, there doesn't have to be a weapon present. There, you, you have to be able to prove, though, to a jury of your peers that uh, you felt that your life was in danger and you took steps to, uh, to mitigate that danger. Uh, that's from an individual point of view. But right, we're kind of mixing the apples and oranges in there because we are the exactly. Apple and the orange is we're looking at one civilization looking at the morals of another civilization and making a judgment call as to whether that is right or not. Well, but it's not just the morals; it's also the behaviors. I I tend not to judge morals as much as I do behaviors, and that's exactly where I was going too, because uh, you look at uh, look at the difference between. Our constitutional law and Sharia law, for example. Now, in the areas where Sharia law is in place, that is accepted. People don't like it, but it's accepted. And what makes that even worse than than ours, where we have a bunch of people who don't like what we do as well, but they accept it. Who is right? Yeah. So what is right depends on the on the popular opinion. Yeah, there is some of that. I, I so so we we remain a bit struggling with how would we apply that in today's world? Um, you know, we're not the world police, and nor should we be, uh, nor do I want to be. But at the same time, do should we turn a blind eye just because of a line on a map that says that that's Somalia and not America, and so therefore those people are allowed to hurt, maim, kill, and enslave others, and we'll stand by and do nothing, even if we could. Let's just assume we could. Maybe we can't. Just assume we could. Because of that line on a map, it's not my problem. You're right. There is a struggle there. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it I'm, is. Cer- certainly, certainly not the... Uh, 
not ignoring the fact that, you know, there there's a 700-pound gorilla in the corner, and he's going to make everybody bleed. What do we do? Yeah. I mean, some, some you know, I mean, invasion, that's that's clear. If somebody invades us, very simple. Feel free to go ahead and return fire. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you're under imminent threat, I mean, just, you know, if you've got an invasion force sitting outside your territorial boundaries, that doesn't mean you have to wait for it to come here. You used to feel free to shoot at it first. There's no problem with that. Yeah. But it's quite different when the Somali pirates are abusing people that aren't even your citizens. They're just abusing other Somalis. Mm-hmm. Now what? Well, they're, well they're, they're, what they're doing is they are, in essence, they're whipping a little slavery on them and holding them against their will. And uh, if they're not going along with uh, what, uh, what the, the captors want, they're going to be violent. So therefore, we're back to slavery. Yeah. And so, is there any is there any justification for a third party to come in, or even farther, is there any um, duty to come in? Now, I know the United Nations says yes. The United Nations says, and that that's really a disgusting thing. That, oh, a fat lot of good they do anybody. Yeah, but the United Nations says you know genocide needs to be stopped wherever it is found. Right. Okay. And it's hard to look at that, and to me, it's to look at that and say, no, just, you know, if it's found on the other side of the line of the map, it's not my problem. <laughs> well, it depends on whether you want to get into the socialistic uh, uh, viewpoints of the United Nations. Yeah, well, in general, I don't. I oppose damn near everything they stand for. Right, exactly. So I don't think any, any opinion that they have, uh, whether I agree with it or not, is, uh, is valid. Yeah, I I tend to take anything they say is is immediately uh, with a big big jaundiced eye as that that can't possibly be right. The UN said it, but every now and then they might accidentally say something right, just usually for the wrong reasons, I suspect. Right. <laughs> I mean, somebody you know, makes a mistake and says says the wrong thing, it's the right thing to say. Yeah, exactly. So, applying in the, in, in the case of slavery. As far yeah. as slavery is concerned, yes, I do believe that the war was justified because of the, the, the humanity angle of it. Now, okay. had it been states' rights and states' rights only, no, absolutely not. Agreed. But that, Agreed. That, that the, should be the South was correct, but also for the wrong reason. I mean, they were correct that it was a states' rights issue, but they wanted it to remain a states' rights issue so they could continue to perpetrate a moral, a moral error. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so, the, so the, looking, the slavery was actually in their toolbox. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So moving into a slightly different topic, how about the, the issue of genocide where, you know, uh, the obvious examples are Hitler and Stalin and Pol Pot. You know, we have to say the word Hitler because Gershwin's law requires us to say it. But um, but, you know, without even that, I mean, there's plenty of other despotic bastards around the world who've done horrible things to their own people or to people that they've conquered. And is it another party's either right or worse responsibility to intervene? Um, let's break it down. Yeah, that's uh, a good idea. Let's, let's break, break it down because it wasn't just a war between country A and country B. Uh, Correct. World War II was uh, two separate but uh, related wars going on at the same time, one in Europe and one in the Pacific. 
Okay, yeah. So English and French participation in the European theater is justified as the doctrine of self-defense because of Hitler's violation of the what, 1938 uh, Munich Accord. Okay. Uh, Russian participation in the European theater was justified by Hitler's invasion of Russia. The United States participation in the European theater is justified by German's declaration of war on the United States. Yeah, that, that's pretty obvious, right. And then uh, following the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, uh, the United States didn't declare war on Germany and Italy until after the, both those nations had declared war on it. Uh, yeah, and, and that makes sense. If somebody says, I'm going to kick you in the nuts, it's okay for you to say, yeah, well, I'm going to kick you back. All right. And then at the same time, the English, uh, uh, including Australia and New Zealand, uh, were justified by Japanese attacks. And the Chinese participation in the Pacific theater is justified by the Japanese invasion of China. So there was a lot going on there. And how do you oh, yeah. not justify being involved? Yeah. In fact, yeah, okay, I, I totally agree with everything you just said there because it, it is exactly how it came down. I mean, you know, China had lots of reasons to want to get in the fight because they were already being, you know, bitch slapped around by the Japanese. Right. And so on. All the other things you mentioned. So, bringing that more to the modern realm right here today. Um, well, not quite today. We had, if you recall, uh, Serbia. And there was a genocide going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was the Muslims and the Christians killing each other. Right. And 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 I am I am embarrassed for at least half of that group of people. But um, so was it appropriate or, or were justified to step in? I mean, they, as far as I know, they weren't killing Americans by and large. Mm-hmm. There may have been a few. And it, as far as I know, it didn't threaten any of our – they didn't declare war on us. They didn't embargo our oil or anything else like that. They were just busy scooping each other up and executing each other because that's the way they roll. Okay. So is there any – but yet, you know, I mean, we flew jets over there and bombed the crap out of things and – I believe uh, we ended up with a, in a UN force over there, um, but was it was there any reason to that justifiably? Um, considering everything else that was going around in the world at the same time, I do believe that we had uh, had the need to uh, protect our allies in that particular place. Did, did, did we have an agreement with uh, with some of these folks saying, hey, if, this, if, if the big bad brown bear comes in, we're going to come kick their ass for you? Yeah, um, there were there was some. I believe that was part of the argument used was the NATO, and um, you know this is oh my God, we're not going to let World War Three start there again. Just you know, the <laughs> shot for and we're not going to let that happen again. Um, so I, I understand that. So it's kind of like. Uh, there was a hot spot there. They didn't want that to spill over, so they preemptively moved in to keep that from happening. Is that is that where you're headed? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that if so, in that case, even though they hadn't killed Americans and they hadn't directly threatened us and they hadn't directly, uh, you know, hit our interests, they were 
actually still an indirect threat to our own safety. And so on that respect, we certainly could say, go right in, do what you got to do. Certainly. Okay. Yeah. And you know, that, 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 that I have to agree with because uh, we, we, we were a part of NATO. And NATO's first involvement in both the Bosnian War and Yugoslav Wars, it came in, I think it was early 92, uh, when there was a statement urging all belligerents and conflicts to allow the deployment of UN peacekeepers, which we were a part of because of NATO. Right. So we kind of contracted ourselves into it. Yeah, you got to watch out for those entangling alliances. Um, <laughs> they're they're a bit of a problem. Yeah, they're, that's what got us into Vietnam, right? I mean, the French. Exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Now, if it hadn't uh, if, if it hadn't been for the French, you know, we'd we'd have probably escaped scot free. But uh, no, we had to run in there and help them out. Yep. Exactly. Uh, thank goodness. I'm I'm so glad we did that too. I mean, look what it got us. Uh, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Got you killed. You know, thousands on both sides and. And, and lost anyway because the politicians weren't smart enough to realize we'd won. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the media is what uh, is what uh, lost. Oh yeah. Lost. Yeah. Walter lost. Cronkite. It's all his fault. You can lay it right at his feet. Sure. Um, sure. And that's the way it is. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. So where does that leave us in modern right now? Um, looking around the world, there are there are hot spots. You know, heating up. This ISIS thing in Syria is is heating up. Uh-huh. Uh, at, at which point does it become? I, I guess we've already answered the question. It becomes justifiable for us to intervene when our uh, interests, our legitimate interests, not our slaving other people, or whatever, but our legitimate interests are in fact uh, threatened, even if they're not threatened greatly or directly. Mm-hmm. I and believe, I, and I, I'm going to make a bald-faced uh, statement here. Hit it. And even though I do have fuzz on my chin. And that is, we didn't need to be there to begin with. In Iraq? We did not need the Middle East oil at all. Had we been permitted by our own people here to develop our own uh, reserves and to develop our own uh, oil production, we didn't need that, which is what we were fighting over. It wasn't. Yes, it's the truth. It was to preserve the the oil. Yes, and it's always we, been to preserve the oil. Had we just got up and walked away from it, left it all behind, we wouldn't even had to been in, in Desert Storm. Right. Exactly. No, you're correct. You're absolutely and correct. Therefore, we could be uh, not. I, I don't advocate separationism, but I do advocate being able to take care of ourselves without having to go outside and you know beg for resources. Exactly right. It's uh, uh, it's not isolationism in any way, um, but it definitely is self-sufficiency, and especially when we already have those resources available. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't need their oil um, nearly as much as they need our money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the fact that the uh, the U.S. dollar is the legal tender for all of OPEC. That goes yep. a lot. That says a lot right there. Everything is built on, on on the dollar value. Yeah, that's right. And there's there's a whole lot of history that we just don't have time to get into, and I know you're aware of it. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can get into that later. But you know what? We've blown 30 minutes struggling with the war, and when when is it possible or appropriate to uh, initiate violence? I mean, 
And I, I think we've done we've covered it pretty well for somebody who might be asking a libertarian, when is it okay um, to do this? Did we in did we answer that question? Threat in the face of imminent threat, where it is uh, the, uh, the the responsibility of you to protect yourself and family and other innocents, uh, to protect the imminent threat on a civilization or on a country. And uh, as far as the uh, the Civil War is concerned, uh, we were protecting a civilization. We were we were trying to avoid the, the issue of slavery, and that in itself was protecting a civilization by some sort of definition. Had it been states' rights, no, we should have let the South go on their own. Agreed. Well, I hope that we've accomplished our mission here in applying uh, libertarian philosophy to real-world modern problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we started with a historical backdrop, but I think we carefully moved it into uh, today. Right. And, and you know, I think that uh, if we just kind of take a look at it, there's really no magic to libertarianism. It's all common sense. <laughs> this is true, but, you know, sometimes real-world problems are thorny. Anyway, buddy, uh, <laughs> we're a little bit uh, right at time. Why don't you close this stuff up, and we'll call it a day. Okay, we'll shoot the mule. This has been... Ask a Libertarian. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week, same time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.